0: From India's largest newsroom, I'm Meenal Bagheel, and this is the Times of India podcast.
1: You said um, it's a radical reform. I would say it is a very student-friendly reform and it is part of the National Education Policy 2020, which is suggested to have one national entrance examination uh, across the country for admissions in the undergraduate programs. So this year, UGC has decided to conduct the common university entrance test for admission in UG programs in all the 45 central universities. And this examination will be held in first week of July and the actual application process will start in uh, 1st April on national testing agency website. CUET scores can be used by any university in the country, but however, for the coming session in 2022-23, for these admissions, we have made it compulsory in all central universities. The rationale behind uh, introducing this CUET is to provide a level playing ground for the students uh, so that the diversity that is seen in the plus two marks will not affect the uh, admission process and also the students need not have to go to different universities to write multiple entrance examinations.
0: That's University Grants Commission Chairperson M. Jagadish Kumar talking about why the announcement of the Common University Entrance Test, or the CUET, is a student and college-friendly measure. On March 21st, Kumar announced that admission to undergraduate courses in 45 central universities across India would now solely be on the basis of students' scores in this exam. Class 12th marks, he declared, would no longer carry any weightage in these universities. Among the largest of the central universities is the Delhi University that admits nearly 70,000 students from across the country. Other universities include the Banaras Hindu University and the Aligarh Muslim University in Uttar Pradesh, the Vishwabharati University in West Bengal, and the University of Hyderabad and the EFLU in Telangana. My colleague Shraddha Chetri covers higher education in Delhi and had reported months earlier how coaching classes had begun rolling out packages for an exam that hadn't even been defined at the time. Shraddha tells my colleague Arun George that since the announcement, there's only been further confusion. Students are worried, she says, about how important their upcoming board exams are going to be and colleges too are unclear how they will admit students, with many of them asking why this reform is being rushed through.
2: At the max, students are very, very confused. You have to understand this is the batch of students who had this entire two set of exams, right? So most of the students immediately after announcement, when I spoke to them, then they were very confused. The basic question was, why are we giving two two exams when it is just like it's going to be qualifying marks, right? April exam starts because this semester was a shorter one. So exams are spread, okay? And then the exam ends only on June 15th. And by July, students have to write CUET. So students say, are we supposed to prepare for that? Are we supposed to prepare for this? But, you know, they say, what's the point of studying for CBSE when you are going to, you have to write another exam to appear it? It's an extra burden for them. This You have to understand this is a COVID batch student, you know.
3: As far as colleges go, this is the first time they'll be using this for admissions. How have they reacted to the news of the CUET being this sort of defining exam?
2: Now colleges are utterly confused. Colleges don't know how they are going to be ranked. Because I was speaking to them, they are not sure. They say, I think, I hope ministry will come up with some guidelines. It's a big change you are bringing in, right? They are announcing about guidelines in February, March. And you're giving students April, May, June, three months to figure out. And they say it is too early. You know, these things have to be done in a proper manner.
3: You had reported, well, it was still at the CUCET stage, how coaching classes had kind of already jumped into the fray, despite there being lack of clarity and there's still lack of clarity on what exactly is there in the syllabus and aspects like that. Could you explain what you found?
2: what the coaching classes did was they because there was already something called C-U-C-E-T there, right, earlier, they had started on these classes uh, immediately after the the CBSE term one exam had got over. And then when the classes were going on, it was mostly for Two, day, two days in a week or three days in a week but oh, most of them had told me then you know like once the ministry comes up with a guideline then obviously it is going to be like a full-fledged six days kind of a week two hours kind of a coaching just like it is for JE neet they had this entire premier package and these normal packages the ones where the students could have interaction with the coaching teacher and also it was roughly came to around 33,000 like 40,000 Obviously, now, because everybody is being going to part of it, I'm sure the cost is going to increase and there'll be more coaching centers providing that uh, coaching like that.
3: You've been covering DU and higher education in Delhi for a while. What's the general sense of this exam as it stands?
2: Right now, it's only confusion. Lack of clarity on how, what, when... How each universities are going to decide on the eligibility in terms of the score, how the ranking is going to be done, how our students' seats it's going to be allotted. Right now, there's only sense of confusion and anxiety caused by the confusion.
4: Let me give you a bit of a background on why what necessitated this central exam. When I took over as school education secretary way back in 2016, uh, I, to my utmost horror, discovered that children were getting 10% marks in English literature and Hindi literature. I couldn't believe it. So I tried to find out why is it happening. And I made a discovery, probably it was already available, but I discovered that the number of boards were spiking marks beyond the marks that the children were getting. So for example, if they got 80% 80% marks, they will spike by around 9% and they will get 89% marks. So I have written a chapter in my latest book, Ethical Dilemmas of Civil Servant. I call it farcical delusion. And I allude to this spiking of marks, wherein children are given to believe that they've got so many marks which they actually haven't. And this competitive stupidity uh, arose because the admissions to Delhi University were determined by the marks that the children got in class 12. And it went to ridiculous level of children getting set-person marks in the literature and even otherwise. So we, we tried to see how it could be stopped. So I called all the chairpersons of various boards, state boards and central board for a discussion. And I asked them, why is it so? And they very happily told me that, sir, why are you unnecessarily getting into it? Everyone is happy. The child is happy. The teacher is happy. The school is happy. The states are happy. Politicians are happy. Everyone is happy with this delusion. So I insisted, no, it should not be done. And it was at that point in time, even before the national education policy was considered, this came to our mind that if we consider the cause of it and sort it out, if we can have a central entrance exam, then probably the unnecessary focus on the marks that the children obtain in class 12 will go. This was the idea to discuss then. Of course, it was not fleshed out as it is now in terms of what really needs to be done. Now, this certainly is not a perfect solution. There are problems in having a central exam because you will have then coaching centers coming up to coach children into getting into university. This is a a likely fallout, but certainly it is better than the delusion that we are getting into in the class 12 exam. I'm so glad that they have decided in terms of having a central exam to see who qualifies for the universities, central universities, this will obviate the unnecessary emphasis on spiking marks in class 12.
0: That's Anil Swaroop, who was until recently the top bureaucrat for school education in the union government, explaining that the idea of an exam like the CUET has been around for some time now. Swaroop says that while there may be drawbacks in the exam, it's a necessary step towards ending the practice of inflated marks, and despite the complaints, he says there is no reason to
3: delay its rollout. Critics say that in some states it will it, it kind of discriminates against states for one, and for two that it gives an impetus to coaching classes.
4: In my career of 38 years, I tried but never find, found a perfect solution to any problem that country faces. This is not a perfect solution, but certainly an improvement of the farcical delusion that we were living in. So in that sense, it is better. But as I said, they are likely to be followed. The second one, certainly I'm sure there will be coaching centers emerging for enabling children to qualify. For that, there is a solution available. There aren't so many coaching centers for SAT and CAT. Why? Because the nature of exam is such. So they can have a nature of exam such as in case of SAT and CAT, where you know, this coaching will not be material. This can be done. As far as the states are concerned, I think states should also have some sort of an entrance exam because this farcical delusion was not limited to central board of secondary education. This was more in sense of some of these state boards that were spiking marks. So they should be doing a similar thing. But again, they should be aware that it should not lead to coaching classes emerging all around. And it can be done.
3: Could you explain about why you said SAT and CAT? What would you mean by that? The nature,
4: the nature of exam is such, because what they test is cannot be coached per se. You have to have those attributes and attributes cannot be changed through a coaching. What you write in the test is determined not by what you learned in past one year or six months. It is determined by what you learned over the years. So it depends on what attributes and the manner in which you are testing. So for example, uh, I have an essay writing, right? No, essay writing cannot be taught in six months. Essay writing requires a long-term understanding of how you approach issues, how you write, what is your language. If coaching classes can do that in six months, nothing like it, but it would be very difficult. Now, I've just given a random example. I'm not expert at it, but I did have discussions with the experts. They say that it can be done in a manner that coaching, if not eliminated,
3: the impact can be reduced phenomenally. The hope is that even state universities will adopt it as a sort of metric to give, admit students. Do you think this sort of one nation, one exam sort of thing for undergraduate studies is the way forward? Practically, it evolves. So what will happen is they will have the central exam,
4: learn from that and see whether the same exam would work or not work. I mean, intuitively, I would say probably one exam for the entire country may not be correct, but that itself may not be correct. It's too early to come to such conclusions. Let us see fundamentally and conceptually, this appears to be the right decision i would say that they, a good beginning has been made there are some negative fallouts they can be taken care of but i think the decision is a good one and they should move ahead with it i have always believed that in on such issues you must consult and engage with all the stakeholders before you take you know before you move ahead and continue to engage with stakeholders and who are those stakeholders Their are students their school colleges their state governments engage with them ultimate decision is that of the central government But in engaging with them, you'll be able to explain why are you doing what you're doing and the chances of adoption of that decision by others, there'll be greater ownership of that and chances of it being implemented in right earnest would be much more. Hence, do what you ought to do, but engage with stakeholders, take their opinions on board.
3: There's also criticism that, you know, this exam is kind of being pushed through in a year where students have had little clarity, like CBSE students have had little clarity on their board exams. Um, and now, in turn, they have another exam as well. Could you have pushed this through slower? It has no impact whatsoever on CBSE exam. Mm -hmm.
4: CBSE exam will be what they are. Why should they be impacted? Because that's a separate exam. Why should it be delayed? A good decision. I remember when we had this decision, when we got this decision going, that spiking of marks shall not be done by the boards. You know, there was a court decision, do it next year, not this year. I said, if it is wrong, it should not be done this year. If it is right, it should be done this year. So the point is, it is not the delay or the time. It is a question of whether it is right or wrong. If spiking of marks is wrong, it should be stopped forthwith. So if it is determined as wrong, which to my mind is wrong, then that should start forthwith. Why delay it?
0: While some like Anil Swarup feel that the CUET is the way forward, there are those like Anita Rampal who say that the exam will only create a new set of problems. The former dean of the Faculty of Education at Delhi University tells Arun George that the solution was never to opt for the multiple choice format. She also explains how this exam creates disadvantages for certain students and how it could even alter how schools teach students.
5: Ideally, an assessment at school leaving stage should not be a competitive assessment, ideally, because you're leaving school so it should just tell you what you've done and how well you've done etc etc and uh, there should be no question of it being selective or competitive. Whereas An entrance is always competitive because we know that it's many more people trying for a limited number. So the nature of the two assessments should be different. Ideally, that's why an entrance exam should be much more meaningful than only looking at what you have done in your school leaving. An entrance exam, which is geared for what you want to do and what area you want to work in, uh, should be what should happen. There are two questions which are very critical. One That the entrance should not be a centralized All-India entrance. It should be really localized to that university or that institution. It then makes better sense because it doesn't become as competitive and then doesn't become more uh, sort of liable to be hacked by the market. And second, if it's only a multiple choice test, like what happens when we have large numbers and The agency thinks that it's going to be easier to do a computer assessment. You don't need humans to be looking at it. And it's only that. It's not topped by a second level or a third level of assessment, which is much more intimate and more can go into the depth of trying to understand the student. Multiple choice questions don't assess any depth of learning. They can be very superficial and more so they are more liable to be cracked by the industry, the shadow industry, because there are kinds of questions which you know uh, you can practice and you can go through coaching and tuition. Because there's no not much thinking involved. And if you do try and make questions which involve a lot of thinking, that means the person making those questions also needs to be applying time and effort. And we have done that. I am saying this from experience when we have made multiple choice but we've tried to see that they're not just rote uh, learning. It takes much more time and it takes much more experience but that's not the kind of questions that come in large-scale exams. They're mostly information-based.
3: You said that um, it shouldn't be an all-India exam which is the exact opposite of what the COEP says is the solution which it says that an all-India exam kind of levels the playing field in a sense and allows students from across the board The same opportunity, but why would you say that it isn't the case?
5: So uh, any large exam, any large exam which becomes competitive, as I said, it doesn't test uh, the student's understanding or learning. It tests your social advantage. It tests where you're coming from, your status, your socioeconomic status, you know. and, and this is true of any test, even the American SATs, for instance, and we can come back to that. Uh, so, and then it is more open to be to be cracked and hacked. I'm just saying that anything which makes it much more competitive is not a good assessment. It does not really assess the student. It assesses more in terms of how you have propped the student in many ways, including the coaching. We also know as the question comes up in Tamil Nadu with the NEAT exam, they've done their own studies that when they admit even in a, in a relatively weak system of uh, just going by board marks, you know that's not a very good system, but even if they do that, they find it is the demography of the students coming in is much more varied. They get a lot of people uh, from uh, who would never be able to come into the exam, which is much more geared to the industry of coaching. So centralized exams are not, not necessarily better. Uh, not necessarily good, they don't really, they are not giving the opportunity to students from various diverse backgrounds to actually come in and uh, uh, try their hand at the exam. That's why a One Nation, One exam, absolutely not. This whole idea of centralized testing, which is now happening even in schools, very damaging, will throw out children much earlier and not give people the opportunity because even teaching then becomes teaching to the testing regime you know you're not really teaching your teaching is not encouraging people to make sense and to develop their own understanding their own expression their own abilities to express things so even the regular classroom becomes quite uh, quite attuned to this information kind of uh, bombardment you know getting information doing exams cracking exams which is not really what we uh, aspire for in a learning environment
3: One, again, criticism of the exam is the fact that the coaching class industry is bound to see a huge benefit. Do you think that's actually the case? Because, I mean, in a sense, also, it's taking away the importance of the board exam. It's replacing it with this. um, Or does this sort of, again, like the statement goes that it levels the playing field in a sense?
5: It doesn't level the playing field. There are many people who will come into other universities through the board exam. This is only the central universities, which is a very small segment of the total number of undergraduate students. Maybe there are about six lakhs or a little more in the central universities and undergraduate courses. In the state universities, it would be almost three times, maybe 15 lakhs or more uh, in the undergraduate courses and in private universities also. Anyone going through school is also going to be applying to other universities. So you're not you're not scrapping the boards. Like people are asking this question: that if boards are not really going to serve the purpose, why not scrap them? But we are only talking of central universities, only these 45 universities. What about the lacks of students who are studying in many other universities? How will they get admission? So there will be some board requirement. There will be some mark requirement for them, and that's why boards will remain. So uh, you know the fact that you have these boards would continue so there will be one competitive system which is the board even if those who know they're going in only for central universities and don't take that very seriously yet the system will continue you know it the fact that there's a certain kind of board and you have to crack that and so you have to prepare for that will be another pressure on the student even though the the marks may not be counted for the university that the student is going to try for
3: So one aspect is also the fact that the CUCP says that it will gradually sort of spread. It will, I mean, for now, it's central universities. By next year, maybe they're hoping that private universities will take it up, that state universities will take it up. And in a sense, it will become that sort of one India, one exam that you said it shouldn't be. Yes. Uh, But what happens if we do get to that stage?
5: One, it doesn't really test much. A multiple choice question. Two, on the basis of that, you're throwing out a large number of students who should be getting an opportunity, a large number of students who can't get into this whole rigmarole of the coaching that is required. As we know, people spend years sometimes in the quota industry or spend years to try the other central uh, examinations, either for medicine or for engineering and things. And uh, we know what happens. It breaks people. It breaks them to be... Their families spend so much on just the preparation and they know what that means to the family. Sometimes they're really mortgaging a lot of their other uh, you know, requirements and their future. And if they don't make it, which many of them will not because the numbers are so large. So again, it's going to come into the same thing on a much larger level. How does it help? And the university academic community has to be involved, not an outside agency. That again is a big issue. After all, the university academic community should know what they want, what they're looking for. So,
3: are there any other solutions that exist?
5: Major issue is getting meaningful board assessments done. And that is becoming more and more intractable and more and more irrelevant the way it's happening. That is something which we don't find serious attention being paid to. In fact, it's so almost so shocking to see that a national education policy says that the board exams will be made, guess what, will be made easier. No educationist would use this word. You know, if you want to reform examination, you would say more creative, more challenging, less intimidating, less threatening, more meaningful, relevant. You wouldn't say you'll make it easier. So this, is, this tells you that there is no engagement in the right direction. And it says easier because it thinks that's a good populist solution. People won't be feel so threatened and almost everyone will pass. Well, that's what we are doing in any case, even now. You know, So I don't think we are looking at the real issue and addressing it in the real manner with the real, which cannot be done overnight. So even announcing this kind of a test suddenly and, you know, two months before does not help the system. These are large systems. They take time. Another thing which is problematic is that the syllabus that has been decided is the NCRT syllabus. Now, NCRT syllabus is followed by the CBSC schools which are affiliated to CBSC or those affiliated to the Delhi board. That's all. So how can we decide that one syllabus is getting the uh, the edge in this centralized common entrance exam? Because the Maharashtra board is much larger, the UP board is much larger than the CBSC in numbers, 26, 30 lakh students in that board. CBSC is the smallest, it's a very small board. So you're giving a premium to the NCERT syllabus. And then what happens to all the other boards, students who You know, they are going through their own board and now they have to prepare for something completely different in terms of their entrance to a central university. Again, how does this get decided? Who decides that this privilege is going to go only to these kinds of schools or to the CBSE schools? On what basis is this decided? The question is deeper. The federalist structure, the federalism that comes in education means every state should be making its own curriculum. That is required. The constitution requires states to be doing that. And so the board exam or the way they conduct their, uh, their courses, the way they decide their courses is a state, the state has the prerogative to do that. Now, if we say that to get admission to a central university, your state curriculum is not going to be counted you better prepare for the NCRT curriculum. Again, we are then disadvantaging students from that board in this exam. States should be asking this also because it's threatening the federal structure of a state. You know, how do you, uh, legally there can be a question.
0: Today's episode is produced by Jairad Singh, Arun George and Sunay Marathi. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We are available on Ti Plus, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, reach us at tuipodcasts at timesinternet.in.